Welcome, all you beautiful souls. We're Kat and Ash of Empathetic Villains, and we are here to share our personal thoughts and opinions about our healing journeys and what we've learned along the way. Do you hear Kathy's beautiful, what is it called? Singing. Yeah, that. (laughs) I don't have a crystal one. I'm not that special yet. (laughs) It's okay. We still love you. So this second episode of ours is going to be about toxic friendships and relationships. So we'll kind of go over some things we've learned um, as kind of red flags, I guess, for toxic relationships and how we've navigated through them and what we've learned through them and all that jazz. But before we start anything, we have to embarrass Kathy because she did what we like to call pulling an Ashley, which means super duper blonde moment, basically. So way past blonde moment. (laughs) (laughs) So our first episode when we recorded it, the program we use, you can see each other and we can either record what we're seeing or we can just um, record the sound. And we like to look at each other because this is this is the kind of conversation we just have on a Friday night with each other. So we just want this to be authentic and like we're sitting across from each other talking about the things we always talk about or we have talked about. So Kathy's trying to get her camera to work on her computer, and we cannot figure it out. I'm troubleshooting. I'm YouTubing. I'm Googling all the things. This is a new computer. I've only used it maybe a handful of times. Uh And my first computer, there was like a software glitch, and that camera worked. I know that camera worked. And this is the exact same computer. They switched it out for me. But for some reason. (laughs) Whatever you say, man. Whatever you say. So we can't figure it out. We cannot. And we're getting frustrated because we spent all weekend, not all weekend, but a lot of the weekend trying to figure out just any of this stuff in general. We have no idea what we're doing. We were just wanted to start a podcast and share our healing journeys with people. So we were to the point where we're just like, fine, whatever. So we FaceTimed each other so we could still see each other and we could record our voices. And we do the whole first episode and we get done. It was great. We both felt great about it. And I get a text from Kathy like an hour later. And it is just a video that shows her moving the little protector thing that's on your camera, you know. Privacy. It was a privacy yes. feature. The I privacy thought. thing. The thing that, you know, it slides back and forth. You know, the thing that everyone knows is 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 a privacy thing. I'm um, betting that some people would not know to look for the tiny, tiny, tiniest of toggles up in their computer. Because I read the features of this laptop. <laughs> and... It's a touch screen, so I thought, like, I saw the person with their finger over the camera. <laughs> that was them toggling it back and forth. Okay, but it wasn't clear that there was a physical toggle. Like, you know, like, on your phone, you can put your hand up, and it'll, like, count down and take a selfie or whatever. I, I thought it was like that. that. I thought it was like that. You just put your finger over it and slide, and it just <laughs> knows to open. Listen. Well, 
anyways, so she sends me a video of her going just back and forth with the toggle. And I was dying laughing because that's something I would totally do. And she goes, thank goodness I did not take it into the geek squad because I would have looked like a total moron. I mean, so, I'm sure they get it all the time. Oh, Maybe that guy wouldn't have flirted with me again. So are you in college? No, I am 35 years old. Leave me alone. Hey, that's a compliment. You look young enough to be in college. Or he was just being creepy. Yeah, it could be one or the other. But that's our funny, our funny story to start you out for um, today. And the only reason I'm making fun of Kathy about this is because this is like a normal thing I do on a daily basis. So the fact that she finally did something that was so blonde, so Ashley-esque, <laughs> I just, I had to call her out on it. We are of the elder millennials. We grew up as guinea pigs for computers and the internet. And I like to think that we have been thrown into it and we learned by trial and error. And <laughs> all that's a good point. But we're expected, like people classify us technically as millennials that, oh, you should know. Well, just because we can figure it out doesn't mean we know what we're doing. <laughs> that's why Google was invented. Oh, thank God for Google and YouTube. Google and YouTube, they're they're my girls, man. I'm telling you, they are my people. We learned how to research, and our research tools these days are Google and YouTube. Top-notch. Top-notch. Way better than Ask Jeeves. And Dogpile. I don't know what that is. You've never used Dogpile? It was I'm another... Sure I had to. It was another great. old search engine. So... Shall we start discussing toxic friendships and relationships? I mean, to help our people, we shall. Okay. <laughs> so I'm sure this will be a topic we can go on and on and on about forever. And I'm sure we'll revisit it several times. Um, but it was something we kind of wanted to talk about in one of the first couple episodes before we get into like some other things like therapy, traditional therapy, non-traditional therapy, and all of those things kind of go through examples of toxic friendships and relationships and what we, we have done. It, yeah, that we got through um, what we did, other, you know, situations, how we would work through them. Not all of this is exactly things that have happened to us before. Some of it will be real life stuff that has. Um, but we will just kind of go over a couple things that we've kind of really grown from and learned from and um, been able to take a step back and understand why certain things were hurtful, why certain people are very toxic. And how you get yourself into those situations and then how you get yourself out of those situations. Or just learning to process and move along from mm -hmm. those. So, I mean, one of the things we'll end up talking about today and probably in the future too, because we talk about it a lot, but we did have a friendship that was three of us and there are only two left standing <laughs> and um it was a very hurtful end to our friendship and I think 
that it's really shaped the way that you and I communicate with each other, mm-hmm. the way we communicate with our other friends and other people that are important in our lives. And maybe that's the best thing we took out of the whole thing, right? We learned right. these tools because of it. We learned what we want in a friendship, what we don't want in a friendship or a relationship in general. Um, so we'll kind of talk about that a little bit. I think um, this happened years ago, so it's nothing that's been recent. Um, and in summary, the the relationship ended up being a lot of give from our end and a lot of take from their end. And it became a very transactional relationship. Um, and those are kind of hard ones to wrap your mind around because at least for us, we were all very close. Um, Kathy and I are very similar when it comes to friendships. We're throwing our whole heart and soul into that friendship. If we're there, we're there. You need us. We will be there in a second. You want to have the deepest conversation? Great. You want to laugh your butt off? Fantastic. We got you. But we tend to um, put a lot into these relationships and don't really expect a whole lot back, but expect that you're at least going to be there for us. available. Yeah, emotionally available and like be there for us if we really need you, right? I think that's pretty normal for part of emotional intelligence. Right. And I think you and I being so empathetic that we do, we give our all and we try to not just, we're not really chameleons to other people, but we learn to read people. We learn how to help them in their own way. But that's really hard because the opposite of an empath is, a narcissist and not necessarily the opposite, but a narcissist is an empath that for one reason or Uses another. Uses their talents for evil instead of good. Correct. Well, I mean, sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> but I think a narcissist isn't necessarily someone who started out with malicious intent. I think. Along well, they do the say, way. like, a lot of business people and a lot of people that have worked their way to the top, I wouldn't know a statistic to tell you, but they have narcissistic tendencies or they are somewhat narcissistic because they put themselves first. They just want to get their means to the end. And that's why some of these people are successful because they, they'll well, trample they to shut down their emotions. Correct. And I think in in a professional manner personally i think it's good to be able to differentiate an emotional attachment from a professional attachment especially when it comes to a managerial situation um reach but definitely you have to also have feeling and a true narcissist doesn't care about anyone and doesn't have any empathy 
for people. They just care about their needs and manipulation. So I think it is a, a tough line. Um, but then on the other hand, the friend we had was very sweet and caring when they wanted to be. Mm-hmm. But then come to find out it was a game of playing other friends against them and making you feel sorry for them in a way that it was hurting other people. And because one person's not going to go to the other, like it's just a toxic triangle of he said, she said, and they think there's no really getting around that unless you are emotionally open and ready to have those conversations with each other and say, hey, I heard this and I wanted to talk to you about it because it really doesn't feel good uh, what I heard. And then come to find out that that's not even what that person said. And it was taken way out of context. And so I think it is important to have those big conversations with your friends because if you're not going to confront in a positive way, then you're never going to know and you're, and it's just going to build inside of you to however level. Right. Well, and so I think you and I towards the end of that friendship got to the point that it was like, no, I'm going to reach out directly to her and see what's actually going on because I don't think it is what it's being portrayed as. And I've, I mean, I've learned that over, you know, my life too. It's just, if there's an issue, it is so much better just to go directly to that person and talk it out because it is most likely not what it is turned into be. Right. And, and I think a lot of it is the unwillingness to see the other person's perspective. Like if you are so stuck in your values your way of thinking, your way of how you want the world to turn out. If you're not open to hearing other people out, then that's really hard to have a friendship because we're not all the same. We didn't all grow up the same. We don't have the same values and opinions. And if you're somebody that's very compatible, Nope, that's not the word. Combative. (laughs) Um, I think that it's really hard to be friends with people like that because no matter what you do, no matter what you say, it's always going to be an argument. They're always going to be wrong or you're always going to be wrong. There's never going to be a compromise. Mm -hmm. And if there is a compromise, it's going to be resentful. And... That's not fair to anyone. Right. Especially, I don't, it's just, it's a hard one. It is. It really is. And, you know, I think you've always been very good with um, making at least me sit back. And if I'm having an issue with someone and I'm confiding in you, or if I'm complaining to you about something or someone, which is all the time. Um, (laughs) Just kidding. But you've always, since we've been close friends, you've always had a great way of being like, 
hey, why don't you kind of think about it from this perspective too? And you've always given people grace when it comes to that and and been able to sit there and go, hey, I don't think they meant that the way you think they meant that. Or I think because it was a text, the tone was weird or whatever, whatever it may be. You've always been great at that. And I think that's a really important thing when you have friendship groups that maybe there is, you know, a little bit of toxicity moving around that. And to be able to have those true, honest conversations about it and be able to feel comfortable and say, hey, I was told this. What's up? What's going on? But then if you have that toxic person, they're going to deny it. Well, I didn't say that. That's mm -hmm. not what I meant. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of back and forth. Whereas you and I can have those deep conversations and they actually mean something. Right. But when you go to a person that's very closed off like that, they don't see the any point of view. Right. They see what they want to see and everybody's wrong and they're not open to have that conversation or that dialect. Like when you say, hey – we really think you're struggling and we want to help you. But if you, if that person's not open to wanting help mm-hmm. or wanting to change, then nothing's ever going to change. Right. You can't fix everyone. And my healing journey, that has been a very difficult lesson to learn, not only with friendships, work relationships, romantic relationships. Like, I think I'm finally settling with that thought process that, no, if somebody tells you exactly who they are and they have no, yeah, they have no interest of changing, you can't change them. And for me, like, I always see the potential of people, like, deep down inside, I know I can feel who you are and what you're capable of, but that might not be their journey. And right. They still have to choose to take that path. Right. You always have a choice. Mm -hmm. And if they're not willing to take that chance or take, make that choice, then you're always going to be mourning for that person that you think that they are. Absolutely. I think that's a really good point too. Um, You know, mourning for that person you were hoping they would be or mourning for that person that you thought they were. That's the hardest part about ending friendships, right? It's when someone shows that they are not who you thought they were, that's devastating. Mm -hmm. You feel completely betrayed in every sense of the word. You realize how much, especially like you and I, when we're friends with someone, we are giving you our a piece of our soul. You are now in our in our soul, we're in yours. Like we will be there for you no matter what. We care deeply about you. We will do anything for you. If you know, we probably don't let very many people in. I can definitely attest to that. But if you're in, you're in. And you're in unless you give me a reason for you to not be in anymore. It doesn't right. you know trust is trust is so important. And once you break that bond, you cross those boundaries. There's no going back. 
There's none. There's- Especially f- for me, like I'm totally fine blocking people because you don't need to follow me. You don't need to see what I'm doing. You made that choice. I feel like I give people multiple chances. I would agree with that. And try to communicate. And you've just shown me that you're a brick wall and that my time and my boundaries mean nothing to you. I have no problem just cutting people off. And some people might say that that's a toxic trait. But for my healing journey, for my peace of mind, I don't, I don't think it is. Well, and so like this last couple years, I've done a lot of putting up boundaries. And it's a really good point that if, if it's going to affect you and what you're doing and how you're processing things and, and affect your mental health, there is no reason you shouldn't be able to put up that boundary and say, I'm done with this. I'm walking away. Maybe I should be trying harder, but I, I'm done. I don't, I don't want to anymore. I don't want this. Um, and, you know, people, yeah, probably are upset about that or don't like that. But at some point in your life, you realize that you have to put up those boundaries. You have to protect yourself. And it doesn't have to be a boundary that's crazy or insane or like so over the top. But you should be able to at some point just, okay, I'm done. I'm I'm just done. It's not helpful or healthy to me anymore. And I can't be a part of it anymore, you know? And that's not to say, like, if you see that person and they initiate small talk, that's not to say you turn around and walk the other direction. Unless they start being rude, unless they start attacking you, I don't see anything wrong with little, hey, how's it going? Like, niceties, like professional niceties like you don't have to put emotion into it you don't have to tell them your life story you just go on with your life like I am not the type of person who needs to get closure as far as belittling someone or telling them what they've done wrong to me like I'll have a conversation when you're ready to hear it Mm-hmm. And if I know that you're willing to receive it in a respectful manner, but I'm not going to tell someone off unless you make me really, really mad. And that is. I've never seen it, <laughs> folks. I've never seen it. I mean, if you get me really mad and that that is something that I'm working on, like controlling that. And no, it doesn't happen often. Almost. I don't think it's happened in a really long time, but that is a part of me deep inside that probably does lose control when like I have been pushed to that point where you're so disrespected that, yeah, I'm going to stick up for myself. But when it's something like if it's a family member that's always put you down or just makes you feel awful every time you're around them and they I mean they might not even know what they're doing and everybody has their own trauma everybody's dealing with it 
is it right for them to put it on you? No, but you have to be confident enough with your healing journey to step back, put your wall up, and it's tell yourself it's okay to walk away. It's mm-hmm. okay to not be a part of that conversation anymore and just say, hey, I have to go take a walk or I have to go do this and just nicely cut them off. Don't give them the Midwest goodbye. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just go take a breath of air and because it's not worth the battle. And especially if you know that person is never going to change. Right. You just, like you said, with like family, for instance, if you know someone's never going to change, you need to either just be okay with the way they are or try to not put yourself in those situations. And honestly, I don't think there's any reason on the planet we can't just be kind around people, even if we don't like them. Right. You don't have to be best friends with them. But I get very bothered when you go into a room and you can tell that people have issues with each other. Oh, like you, you can can't feel just, the energy. Yeah. yeah. You can't just let it go and enjoy yourself. It's like hanging on to that hatred then makes you miserable every time you go do something that that person's around. And how's that fun? I I firmly believe that there's not room for hatred in your heart, right? Because it just brings you down and it is toxic to your own self. And why are you letting hate for someone take up a spot in you, in your brain, in your heart, whatever it is, when you could fill that with something good, right? Right. And I think that so many people hold on to things. I'm a big forgiver. I forgive way too easily most of the time. There are some times that I will completely put up my walls and that's enough. You have been excluded from the inner parts of my life. You don't get secrets anymore. You don't get, um, you know, what's going on with everyone or in-depth look into my family, I can put that wall up. I can forgive and I can put that wall up and we can still, whatever that relationship is, right? But I'm not going to forget. It doesn't mean you have to hold on to that hate. It just means you are now conscious of these things, right? You're conscious of what they did, what they said. And you're learning from that to kind of scope that out in new relationships, right? If you are, if you know, first time telling someone a secret that they tell everyone, you know, you can't trust them. Right. Well, even a person's reaction when you don't, the first time you don't do something that they expected you to do or um, that's not benefiting them. Yeah. Like, that's a, like for me and you like I feel like that's a trigger for us like we don't like to test those waters so we try to come at it from different angles because if you ask me to do something that I'm not comfortable with and I tell you no like it's like whiplash for us because we've been in those relationships where there's either verbal abuse or not super bad physical abuse but 
you never know. Like people with those tempers, mm-hmm. you never know what they're going to do. And and you don't want to test it. Right. So I think that's super scary for us when we say that first time you say no to them or that first time that you disappoint them, you never know what they're going to do. And I think we've learned to just brace ourselves and to maybe redirect. And I think that's a good skill for people. I'm not excusing that behavior by any means, but those types of people are not going to change. And you don't poke the bear. Like if you even sense a little bit that they could do that, like I... I don't want to say like it's never the other person's fault. Right. It's never the victim's fault. And I don't want that to be like in someone's head. It's not their fault. But the person, people with volatile emotions like that, you just have to be really careful. And I think being kinder humans in our world today like I don't think there's enough kindness everybody is very quick to judge everybody is very quick to argue with someone mm-hmm. you're quick we can all hide behind our keyboards now and become keyboard warriors right and you have to assess the room you have to assess people's personalities and I think you get comfortable being in a vicinity of people who understand you that all of a sudden you are now in a group of people that might not understand you and you go like full out (laughs) instead of just like testing the water and see how people take this joke maybe well i mean you and i are a bit much in general so you throw us in a new situation and um we're either gonna be your people or we're gonna scare you very very far away only when we're together but i feel like when we're like by ourselves like in a new group we're very quiet we are very shy there's that saying that you're a different person to every single person you meet. Like one person can think you're really quiet and nice. Another person can think you're like super annoying or loud or like just anything in between because we are different people around different people because there's some people you can share stuff with and I think, too, because you and I are so comfortable with each other, I think that's why we're a lot when we're together, because we both feel comfortable being our authentic selves. Right. We don't have to put up a shield of who we actually are or, you know, that's saying, like, if I'm too much, go find less. Right. Like, we are too much sometimes. So if you can't handle it, bye, there's the door. Sometimes I'm going to be too much. I can't tell you how often my husband is just sitting in the living room shaking his head at me going, what are you doing? Because I'm dancing around the kitchen and singing or doing something so weird. He just married it. I know, I know, poor man. 
But like, he knows that that's me. It's not going to change. I'm going to be the weirdo that's singing Bohemian Rhapsody at the top of my lungs in my car, pretending that my phone is a microphone. Like that's, that's me. That's me normally. But I think like you were saying too, when you come up to a new group of people, I think because of the situations we've been through and just who we are as people, when we get put in those situations, we are very quiet because we're assessing everything around us. Right. We are trying to, um, I don't want to say like judge meanly, but trying to judge people's personalities oh, sure. and like how to interact with them and stuff. And so when we walk up to a new group of people, we're just kind of scoping it out, chilling and seeing What's all happening here? And trying our to figure out what our brains right. are compartmentalizing everything. Right. And trying to figure out is it okay to say this? Like, it, will they think that's a cool idea? Like, once you find your people and you can be your true, like, authentic self, I think that's a wonderful thing. Like, we make friends wherever we go when we're together when we're together yes we're together because we don't care how because we have each other we feel comfortable enough to talk to strangers or Mm -hmm. to joke with strangers but if like we were by ourselves or like somebody who we don't feel comfortable like that with like we feel protected together. Mm-hmm. Whereas if we're put in a situation with other people, we might not feel as protected, then we're not gonna we're not gonna poke that bear because we don't know what's happening. Yeah, I think that's really true. I've never thought about it that way either. Cause I'm like a lot of times when you and I talk, like both of us have realizations as things are coming out of our mouth or like as the other one's talking. Because, again, like I said before, like, this is a normal conversation we would have. We would sit here, we'd be driving in the car, and we'd be having this conversation, or we'd be wherever. Is that fried chicken? <laughs> we just would, we'll always be having conversations like this. And these are the things that, like, it gets your brain turning a little bit, and you sit there and you think of things a different way or have a new perspective on it. But, yeah, I think that's a really good point. When we're together, we do feel protected. and. I know you've got my back and you know I've got your back. And I think I that's really important. not let important. you get kidnapped. <laughs> Thank you so much. I love you. Um, I think that's important in a lot of your relationships, right? The people you feel comfortable with are the people that you know have your back. Right. If it came down to it, they are there for you. And if I, or I believe you feel the same way, if I am if I'm letting you into my life, if I love you enough to let you into my life and you are part of my inner circle and I'm your ride or die and you're not that for me, that kills me. That is what killed me about our last, you know, friendship that didn't end great. That's the part that hurts me because you're always going to be a part of me. And when I finally realized that I've been duped or like, it didn't mean to them what it meant to me. That's the most hurtful, right? It, I, you know, just examples like pick you up off the floor when you're crying and are with you for your darkest times. And, um, you know, your kids are important in my life. And um, 
that sort of thing, those things, those like primal moments where it's just you, you just need someone to be there for you because you are broken down so far. And when you go through that with someone and they can't be bothered to even acknowledge your existence a couple years later, that's hard. That's hard for me to have those memories, to have been there for someone and to know it wasn't reciprocated. That's that's the hard part, right? And, you know, yeah, that person has been through other things in their life that make them the way they are, right? We're all the way we are because of our experiences and our upbringing and all of that stuff. So it doesn't mean that person is just a horrible, terrible person. It just means I'm not willing to have them come back into my life once I see that. Well, and I'm not talking like we understand our friendships and their capacities. Mm -hmm. Like you, we learn to go to different people for different things. 100%. Because we know that, or we've paid attention enough to see, hey, this person's brain works this way and we our healing journey has been learning and stepping back and saying hey well i mean i've always i think that's part of my spicy brain is i compartmentalize people and i'm like this person doesn't have the capability they're not going to react like if I come to someone crying, like just crying, I want it to be someone who's going to put their arms around me and just let me cry. Like I think I wouldn't go to someone who is going to like talk about it. I want someone who wants to make me laugh and just let me cry because that's what I need in that moment. But sometimes you don't want to cry. Sometimes you just want to be held or you want to talk about it with someone who is just going to tell you what you want to hear. And I think you've had experiences with that. Absolutely. I I think I actually had one last week. We've, we were talking about it earlier. Um, but I think it's really important, you know, I mean, in your 20s, your friends are more, for the most part, the going out type people and um, stay focused. Yeah, focus. <laughs> I just knocked something over, so we got distracted. But right. um, they're the kind of people that um, are fun to go out with and fun to do, you know, like fun things with, right? Not serious things. Extroverts. Yeah. And then like at least for me in my 30s, it's kind of come down to like, I don't really have many acquaintances anymore. I have my four core girls that are my friends. And you all, I love you all the same, but you all serve different purposes of right. friendship almost. So like last week, I had a really, really, really terrible day. And it was just not great at all. And I reached out to one of my friends and was telling her what was going on. And her response was not at all what I wanted to hear. Her response was, 
well, some of that's true. And, and believe me, I can take constructive criticism. It is very hard for me because I feel like someone is attacking me, even though they're not. Um, but normally, you know, 10 years ago, a friend saying that to me going, well, maybe they're right. I would have lashed out. I would have lost my mind. And I would have been like, F you, clearly you don't care about me. Like I would have gone ballistic because my brain in that moment of I am so hurt to the core and I am crying and I can't think, those things send me over the edge. Because in that moment when I'm at max capacity for feelings, all I want to know is like, hey, I'm here for you. Your feelings are valid. And that might sound like a silly millennial thing. But for me, that's what I've come to realize is I don't need you to sit here for an hour and validate my feelings. But I want to hear from someone, it's okay. You're allowed to feel that way. That is upsetting. Give it the night. Revisit it tomorrow. So I went to Kathy, obviously. And Kathy is so good with validating your feelings, but still will call you out on your BS. Let me tell you, she will tell you when you need to be called out, which is a good, good friend to have if they can do it in the right way. Good thing for a friend to be. So this other friend then, Kathy gave me all the validation I needed. You know, she she's her normal, perfect, fantastic <laughs> self. Practically and- perfect in every way. <laughs> far from, far from. <laughs> Practically very imperfect, both of us, in every way. Um, imperfect so this- produce. <laughs> so I went back to this friend the next day and I said, Hey, I just want to get this across to you. In that moment, I needed you to just be like, that really sucks. I'm sorry. That must be rough. Hugs, something to that effect, right? And you came at me with, well, some of that is valid. Maybe you should consider things this way and with a solution right away. And I did not want a solution I wanted just to be heard for a minute and for someone to be like, it's okay to not feel okay about this. It, You have every right to be upset. I'm sorry. I'm here for you. And I just explained to her like, in, in that moment, when we're both this way, if I'm frustrated, I'm going to cry. Yes, if you raise your sure. voice to me, I'm going to cry. Look at me like if you're going to cry. I'm probably going to cry. Like, <laughs> I'm a very emotional person, and that's good and bad in a lot of ways, right? Learning to control those emotions is huge. Um, But like I said, had this been 10 years ago, I would have just reamed her out and not talked to her for a little bit, which is very immature. At this point, I said to her, you know, this is what I needed in that moment. You kind of gave me solutions. And my brain isn't prepared to hear that until 24 hours after I'm done breaking down about it. It's just the way my brain works. I can't look past the fact that I am hurt, I just can't look past it. And I've learned it about myself. And that's why I've learned to try to not react so, you know, brashly about it because I will be so mean to you. And I won't mean a single word that I said. And I will black out almost and not realize what I said. If you get to that point, you're that you're so frustrated, you're so overstimulated. And we're not saying that it's okay to do that. 
by any means we're it's we're not. working on it <laughs> but no like and i think it's so important for people to learn about mental health it's so important for people to learn about how other people's brains work because growing up like my parents parents didn't know how to deal with the emotions so they didn't teach me or my family like we didn't know about depression or ADHD or anxiety or, or yeah like just all of these things so we never learned the coping mechanisms and, and we, the tools to get through it right just the sitting down and not being accusatory of how people are acting or like we're defensive about everything right away right, and- like like growing up it's always like oh you're sick again because it's so easy to say i just don't feel good when really it was i'm having really bad anxiety right now mm-hmm. i'm feeling very overwhelmed i'm mm-hmm. feeling very emotionally drained yep but you can't say that to someone because growing up we didn't have those resources where we knew what that meant right so it's always just a, i don't feel good i don't feel good and then then you're then it's an extra layer because then people are always like, well, she never feels good or she's always sick or there's always something wrong with her. I think, when it's- super, I think that's a super good point because, I, you know, it does get to that point, right? You don't know what it is. You don't know what's going on. And it's just like, I don't feel good. Or you talk yourself out of doing something. Um, and it ended up being anxiety in the end and we don't we didn't have the tools to process any of that and our parents didn't have the tools to process any of that and one of the things like I've talked to my dad about before is you know we'll go into depth in this if he's okay with it a different episode but like he wasn't really a therapy dude for a long time and now he he believes in that stuff and he's he's learned and grown and it's because they didn't our parents didn't grow up knowing anything about this stuff their parents didn't know and i think it's cool that people like my parents are finally like becoming a little bit more open to this stuff or understand it better and our generation is and it gives me hope for our kids generation to be able to have the tools so much earlier in life than say, you know, your parents in their 60s just gaining these tools and your relationships could be so much better having those tools earlier on in life and knowing how to communicate better with people, right? And realize that everyone's brain is different and everyone hears and receives things different. And I think it's really important that we remember that. Yeah, just learning to be kind and talking to people instead of brushing it off as well you're just so emotional mm-hmm. and i don't know what to do with that so Ooh. i'm gonna belittle you Ooh. like the you're so emotional <laughs> thing we need to do a whole episode on that <laughs> like sorry that i have emotions and i feel about people and i feel for people and i feel deeply and i love deeply and like i oh 
we need to do a whole episode on that because the whole emotions thing drives me nuts. I would much rather have emotions than have no emotions. Well, right. And then what, so then when you're in a situation where you have someone who like the opposite of that is they don't really have emotions, but they're having really big feelings but it's because they're blaming you for everything. Mm-hmm. So I guess I don't know the right words for it. But like if you are so blinded by your own emotions that you can't even talk to someone mm-hmm. and hear their side of the story yeah. If you're so blinded by your emotion that you can't um, just be receiving of anything. Mm-hmm. Like I had a situation where I just laid all my cards out and said, this is what I'm going through. This is what I'm feeling. And I'm also listening to them. And then also coming back and saying, well, this is what was going on. Like, it's very difficult when the narrative is, well, I was feeling this way, and then I wasn't feeling this way, and you weren't there for me when I was feeling that way, and I needed you. But I didn't need you back then. So when I you're trying to be there for someone and they keep pushing you, pushing you, pushing you away, you stop trying. Well, and the other part of that, the flip side of that too, is like you can't read people's minds and people have to communicate with you what they need. If you if you need a specific thing, like that last week with my friend who I didn't need what she was giving me. I didn't want that. And I told her what I needed and we understood each other better, you know, because she, it's not that she wasn't sympathetic to what I was dealing with or anything, or she didn't think I had a right to be upset. She just automatically, her brain goes straight to let's fix the problem. I want to help you through this. Right. So it's still the wanting to help. It's still, that's her, her love language for me. Right. Is That's how she helps people. She just fixes it. And you have to realize, like you said, which people to go to when you need specific things. Well, and also, if you were in a state of mind where you push someone away so much, and then now you are ready to receive that, you need to be the one to go to that person and say, hey, I wasn't ready to receive that at the time. Now I am ready to talk about it or now I am ready to go there. But if you then belittle someone because they weren't there for you when you decided all of a sudden that you needed them to be there, that's not fair to other people because now that boundary has been crossed because you have hatred in your heart for this other person all because they couldn't read your mind and in your mind they offended you but they're telling you they don't understand why you were feeling this way 
and you can't communicate to them why you were feeling that way. And now you are just so resentful that mm-hmm. you don't want to talk to anyone. Yeah. And that person is just trying to help you. I think that's where the toxicity comes in. Yeah, absolutely. And that's not fair. <laughs> no, it's really not. And you know, I guess the 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 point of the whole toxic friendship thing is just keeping keeping an eye on things, I guess. You know, if you all of a sudden cannot trust someone, just know that it's okay for you to put up those boundaries and not let them into the same places in your life that you used to let them in. Or if if you need to cut them off, sometimes we have to cut people off that we don't want to just because it is healthier for us and we know it is. And it doesn't have to be a completely like crazy toxic thing, right? You could just know someone's not good for you, not good in your life. They don't have any ill intentions or anything. But sometimes you just have to make that decision for yourself and for your healing to move on from situations or to make sure you don't get yourself back in a situation that, you know, you shouldn't have been in or you don't want to be in or whatever it is. So just keep your keep your mind open with those things and look for red flags. And I would say for sure one of the red flags that I've learned over my life is the whole communication piece, having that communication. My husband and I have for the last couple of years been working so much on communication because we've been together for 15 years and I expect him to just know what I want or know what I need. And what? he's not a mind reader and I'm a complete psychopath. So <laughs> half the time he has no idea what I'm expecting. And that's or, on growth. <laughs> and that's on growth. So like that's been one of those things that I've been trying really hard is to not not expect him to know what I want communicating to him what I want. We have completely different love languages. We grew up in two completely different households. We had two completely different lives growing up. And we do things different. Even 15 years in, we still are not on the same page with everything. And we're raising kids the best we can. And we're doing this without knowing what we're doing, right? Like everyone does. Grow together. Not you grow together. together. Yeah. Right. And, you know, for relationships, especially marriage, it's not all butterflies and rainbows. There's a lot of times that it is not fun and it is terrible and it is awful. And you wonder why you got yourself in that situation. And then you remember why, because that person is your ride or die forever. That person is your best friend. That person is the person I call Andy, my emotional support animal all the time. (laughs) And I call Kathy that too, because it's the, it's the, protection you feel with them by you, right? It's the um, knowing they always have your back, knowing they're not going to let anything bad happen to you, that sort of thing. And when you finally realize when it clicks in your head, and I think this is a big thing going from your 20s to your 30s, you just, you're a different person. All your cells have regenerated. You are a different person. (laughs) Every seven years, your body regenerates. (laughs) So, you know, 
the communication piece has just been huge for us in general. I would say it's huge for you and I in our friendship. I would say it's huge for me and my husband in our relationship. And I would even argue it's huge with me and my kids at this point because I can be a complete nut job and just scream when I am so overstimulated and I'm well aware of this. And it is something I'm working very, very, very hard on because I don't want to be that person. But being able to, even if you yell at your kids, step back afterwards, go to them and say, this is why I was upset. You were going to do this. You were going to get hurt. Right. You were going to do this. And this is what could have happened. And I love you. And I don't want bad things to happen to you. So it's a mix of that stern parenting and that gentle parenting. I feel like like well, everything else. Yelling. Yeah. If you're right. just yelling, they don't know why you're yelling at them. Right. And I feel like a lot of our stuff that we'll be talking about on this podcast is kind of the middle where all of these things meet, right? It's not being super strict, not being a gentle parent. What can you take from both areas? Not that there's anything wrong. I mean, if you are not physically or mentally scarring your child, I say do you, right? I mean, I I can't say that. Remember that you're growing little minds. Yeah. They can't always communicate. So you got to try to understand them on their level and not on an adult level. (laughs) Well, and I, what I do a lot and things I've talked to my husband about is I, I bring myself back to that age sometimes. Right. And I think of things that I'm going to use traumatized, but not like traumatized. Right. But those in your life that kind of shape you and it doesn't have to be anything terrible but like I remember this time I did this and I got in so much trouble and now I don't feel comfortable talking about this because it brings back those memories or now I feel like I can't tell this person this because I got yelled at or whatever right? right you bring yourself back to that level and you know, you think about these things from a kid's perspective. I'm scared to sleep in my room at night. I remember being terrified every night to sleep in my room, but I had to sleep in my room. And sometimes I'm way too lenient with them and they get to sleep in our bed. And I struggle in my mind. It's the difference between they're only little for so little time and they're only going to want to cuddle with me for so many years. And I want my own personal space, right? So I feel like my brain is just a consistent battle of finding the medium place in between one extreme or the other. And that's so important to know your limits and to be able to take those breaks and take that time for yourself and to be okay being alone. Yeah. And sometimes, like, in the past I think like I've always kind of been on my own um so when I was getting that attention from like a male and I think I was giving them too much of me and I was giving everything because hey I I don't want I was probably smothering them because I want your love and affection. I don't want to make you mad. But I think I've grown so much to know, no, I can be okay having my own space. And if they don't respect me having my own space, then that's not for me. Like, it's okay to be 
alone and it's okay to take time for like and I'm not saying like you need to go be alone like in your own house whatever like you can have space together like Ashley and I like we're totally fine doing our own things and being in the same area like I don't have to talk to you and entertain you 24 7 like you can read a book (laughs) yeah I think that's a huge thing we talked about this before we went up north last weekend because we can we can just sit on the porch together and you know or have a fire outside and sit around and just both sit there or be on our phones or read a book or I mean there's plenty of times you and I are just near each other right and just having that sort of being okay, not having to entertain someone or like make sure they're okay, knowing that they're fine and you guys are still within proximity of each other and can do your own thing. Like that's great too. And I think that's really important. And like you said, the whole alone time thing, you know, I want to do a whole episode on self-care because that's something I've been learning, you know, the last year or so. Um, and really like making, forcing myself to take care of myself, right? But I really think that alone time is a huge thing and you need to remember that in every relationship you're in. And not feeling guilty about it. What's that? I said, and not feeling guilty about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think that's very important to have those moments where you're reflecting on what's going on in your mind and or just sitting there and, you know, sometimes when all three boys are gone, I will sit in my silent house and it is fantastic. I would hate it to be silent all the time in my house, but every once in a while, it's That's nice to do pets. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, I think it's really important to um, to be okay with yourself and to love you and to want to spend time alone with yourself and um do those things that really make you happy and make sure that you're not giving up that part of you and that part of your time just because you're with someone new or someone else demands more time of you. You still have to carve out those moments for yourself. Right. And I mean, it's it's okay not to be okay. And I think sometimes you just need to hear that, like, break down, have that cry. You're totally fine. It's not going to set you Email back. Email us about it. DM us about it. We'll help you get through it. Or I mean, like we I tell Ashley, if you're having a really angry moment, you're having a really overwhelming time, write it up, write it down. Write it like you're going to tell someone. Type okay. it all out. Handwrite it out. And then either just sit with it, let it stew. If you still feel that way, then... In the morning. Do some witchy things and burn it and cast a spell on them. (laughs) Do that too. But no, but like marinate on it. And if you're still having those strong feelings, then talk to the person about it. But if it's something that you woke up and you said, hey, I'm okay with this. Or, hey, I wasn't thinking a certain way. Or I wasn't... I think that 24 to 48 hour period after something happens like that is super crucial because you are not going to feel the same way about it two days later. Right. And then, and And if you make a rash decision or you lash out and you become hurtful, I guarantee 
you're going to feel terrible about it. Right. And and once you've had time to think about it, like as again, again, everybody has their own way of how their brains work. Like me personally, I have an ongoing dialogue in my head all the time. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm constantly running the conversation over and over and over and over again in my head. So if some, by some means, maybe something shifted and I figured it out and I figured out that maybe I was the problem and that maybe it's that me. person had. <laughs> I'm the problem. It's me. But you know what I mean? Like kind of like when you have an argument with someone and then like two days later you come up with the best like comeback ever. It's kind of like that. <laughs> like just marinate on it. But like if you're in those situations, still communicate. Like don't just shut down. Mm-hmm. Like still communicate. Be like, hey, I hear what you're saying, but I might need a minute. Let me think on it. Like just simple. You don't have to walk away. You don't have to storm off. Just a little communication to say, hey, I hear you. And I'm not in the place to make that decision right now. Are you trying to tell me that you can make a point without slamming a door? I mean, I don't get to slam doors. So, yeah. My dad would be really happy to hear you say that because when I was a child, I slammed my door so much that my dad took my door off of my bedroom. I mean, you can't slam the phone anymore, so you got to take what you can get, right? (laughs) I mean, it does feel good sometimes to throw things, but don't throw things at people because that doesn't help. People tend to frown upon you throwing things at them. Right. If you need, if you're that kind of person that has to get your energy anger out, I suggest like one of those boxing things. Yeah. Or go outside and stomp on the ground. Go punch a tree or something, all right? No, no. We're not, we're not punching hard things because we don't <laughs> want to go to the ER. Like we're not breaking things. But stomp stomp on the ground with your bare feet because that's grounding. You're going to get the good energy. (laughs) She's doing all of her witchy holistic stuff. I'm just kidding. I love doing I love doing stuff like that. We were talking about this other day. Like, I don't know about anyone else with a spicy brain, but sometimes I just have to sit on the floor. I have to be the closest to the ground that I can be. And just like it's just a different energy when you're sitting on like the hard ground and called grounding. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, I think we're gonna cut this off pretty soon here because, um, somebody's gotta go pack. <laughs> whatever. We're going somewhere tomorrow for the whole weekend, and I haven't started packing. And the first thing Kathy said when we got on here is, I, uh, you haven't packed yet, right? And I was like, shut up. You don't know that. And she's to be like, fair, mm-hmm. we did just go away together and neither one of us packed till the very last minute. Yeah, so don't give me crap. And she goes, did you even unpack from last weekend? Right. And I went, uh, yeah, I just haven't washed anything. Would have been so convenient to leave it all in your bag. Except for it was all dirty clothes. That's true. We didn't you know. do that much. It was really hot up, though. 
It was really hot out. Ashley got very, very, very sunburned. Ashley got sunburned driving the first day. Hey, my in face the, was red. <laughs> in my car. Apparently, my car does not have good uh, UV. It was a very high UV day. I know, but like the my app told me so. <laughs> <laughs> my whole arm got sunburned. My hands got sunburned. Didn't didn't know that could happen, but um Which is even funnier because it was like an overcast, rainy, like half of our trip was like rainy. <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. That's me. That's me, baby. <laughs> doing doing weird things all the time, having weird things happen to me. That's just the way my life works. I mean, I also have those issues, but Right now, it's your issues, so you made fun of me already for my technology, so I get to make fun of you. (laughs) This is the first time I have not been sunburned going up north. (laughs) Well, it's so excited about it. (laughs) It's funny because Kathy and I joke about all the time how, like, we use all of our brain cells at work, so then we get home and it's just like... I can't think anymore because we both have pretty demanding jobs and we're very fast paced workers and we have a lot of responsibilities on our plate. So we get home and both of us are just like, "Mm -mm, that brain's not doing any more brain in today. And yesterday, I just rough day yesterday. I got home and made myself some food and I went out of, I ate it in my bedroom And then I went to go put my bowl in the sink and tripped over my youngest son. Mm, Poor baby. My bowl went flying in the air. My fork went flying in the air. My phone went across the room. My son's crying because I tripped over him. I'm pretty sure I broke my toe. Um, So that (laughs) happened. It's not looking great. (laughs) It's not looking great. Um, And so then my oldest son comes up to me and goes, mom, can you make me some popcorn? So I make him a bowl of popcorn and I'm trying to hand him his bowl of popcorn and I dump it upside down all over the floor. So then I have to vacuum all of this up and make more popcorn. He's crying because his popcorn was spilled on the ground and it was just fantastic. Super happy. The cat was super happy. Little Char-Char would go crunch, crunch, crunch on all of that. And I had to pick it up right away before she could eat the entire bag because she is a vacuum cleaner herself. Hey, you leave my little Charmander alone. (laughs) Goodness. I have to post a picture of our little chonk at some point. But um, yeah. We're over an hour at this point, so people probably aren't listening to us anymore. I like Um, long podcasts. That means I don't have to switch it. I do too, but I know some people don't. So listen to our Midwest accents long enough. (laughs) (laughs) So um, as we said before, go ahead and let us know if there's anything specific you want us to talk about in an upcoming episode or even like Q&As you guys have. Um, I would love to give you our advice or takes. I mean, obviously, they're not expert in any way, shape, or form. We're not um, professionals. We don't pretend to be. <laughs> no, no, we don't even play one on TV. No. Um, but we both have very different takes when it comes to specific things. So if you need advice from two unprofessional, not unprofessional, not professional, I don't know, people who have two different spicy brains, we would love to help you figure out space for you absolutely so uh yeah let us know if you have any questions give us some ideas for future podcasts 
You can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and I don't think we've started anything on YouTube, but look for our spicy adventures with Cat Nash Do Things on YouTube. It's going to be epic. <laughs> Someday. <laughs> Someday. <laughs> well, we wish you all supportive healing journeys, and thank you for joining us for our ride. And, you know, healing ain't easy. So It ain't. It ain't. But we're here for you to help you do it. Yep. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Bye.